Good morning, church family. We're so grateful to be gathered together today as one church meeting all around our region. We're so grateful that you are here. Hey, perhaps you're watching this service live today. Uh, we invite you to engage with us in the comments section. Put up your favor favorite emoji or an amen. Let us know that you are leaning in together with us. And feel free to share this stream with someone. I heard about a mom who was putting to bed her four-year-old son on the eve of his fifth birthday. And Kevin, her son, loved to count the number of his years on his fingers. So this whole year he's been counting one, two, three, and four. And now he was so excited to finally, after all this waiting, to put in his thumb, to add his thumb. So Kevin's mom, as she was tucking him that night, told Kevin, Kevin, when you wake up, you won't be four years old anymore. You're going to be five years old. So Kevin, can you show me how old you're going to be? And Kevin so enthusiastically got out his fingers and began to count. He said, I'm going to be one, two, three, four, five. He says, Mommy, tomorrow I'm going to be a handful. Tomorrow I'm going to be a handful. I hope you're chuckling with me a little bit because uh, I hope it was kind of, kind of funny. But uh, today we want to celebrate you moms who have had their hands full for many years, for many decades. We love you. We honor you. We are praying for you. We have been so blessed by you and we're grateful for you. And it is for every right and true reason that Mother's Day is the third most celebrated holiday or occasion of the year right after Christmas and Easter. We couldn't be who we are without you. Usually on Mother's Day, we take up a special gift, a gift to Second Mile, an amazing partner of our church. Today, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We actually have Sarah White here with us. I'm going to invite her to come up here with me and Brent as well. Uh, Sarah White is the executive director at Second Mile Mission Center and Brent is the chairman for our missions committee. As you know, Second Mile began here right at Sugar Creek, right here at Sugar Creek 30 years ago in 1990. And ever since then, they have been making an incredible difference all around the world and impacting so many lives. Just with their COVID-19 relief program that began in March, uh, middle of March, they have already been able to bless 80,000 individuals with food and all that they needed. Let me tell you, Sugar Creek, you have been a huge part of that. Thank you for participating with us in the HOPE initiative. That's allowed that to happen. Just last year in 2019, Second Mile served over 190 19,000 individuals, nearly 120,000 individuals, not just with food and groceries, but with classes and discipleship and healthcare and so much more. And 40% of those that they served last year were single moms. So today on this Mother's Day, we want to present on behalf of Sugar Creek a check for $25,000 to bless Second Mile, their efforts, their mission, and especially the single moms here in our region. We celebrate you. We thank God for you. Thank you, Sarah, and your staff, your board, for all that you are doing. We love you so much. May God bless you. Thank you. I love this church for things like that. We are part of changing lives. You know, across the scriptures, there have been certain individuals who were able to move the heart of God. Certain people, with their desperation, were able to move the heart of God. Think about Hezekiah in the Old Testament. At the verge of death, this story recorded in Isaiah, at the verge of his death, he pleaded with God to extend the number of his years. And God responded. 
and gave him 15 more years. Think about how many times the children of Israel fell into sin and then into captivity, but they cried out to God, confessing their sins, turning their heart back to God. And every time God responded and he rescued them. I think about the women in Mark chapter 5 who had a desperate need. She had an issue of blood for 12 years and she heard that Jesus was passing by and she pressed through the crowd. No social distancing that day. She pressed through the crowd knowing that if she could just touch the hem of his garment that she would be healed. And she succeeded in touching the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. These stories and so many others just like this tell us that there is something about our desperation that moves the heart of God. Something about our plea, our pain, our desperation that moves God to respond. Because in God's sovereign will, in his sovereign rule, he has inserted a mechanism, a call and response mechanism by which he interacts, engages with us in real time. He's sovereign. He already knows the outcourse of the universe. But in his sovereign plan, he has inserted in, into it a call and response mechanism. It's essentially what prayer is. And through prayer, God engages. He interacts with us in real time. Today on Mother's Day, we want to take a look at the story of one mom whose desperation, whose compassion, her plea moved the heart of God to respond with favor. We're going to be in John chapter 2. And this story is a story of the turning of water into wine at the wedding in Cana. And particularly Mary's role in this story. Now this is a very familiar story, but it's an incredible story. So we're going to unpack this story in three parts. We're going to look at the expectation, the crisis, and a mother's plea. The expectation, the crisis, and a mom's plea. Let's begin with the wedding expectation. John 2 verse 1 and 2 says it like this. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. Now, weddings are a huge deal today and they have been that way for a long time. Ladies, you know that you've been planning your wedding since you were a preschooler. Maybe there's some children watching me right now. You've already got your fairy tale wedding in your mind and you've got what you're going to wear and who's going to be there in your mind. Guys, we just need to know two things, when to show up and where to show up. And we hope to keep those two things together and we're good. But weddings are a big deal. But as much as a great deal they are now, they were even more festive and elaborate back in first century. I mean, a wedding would last about seven days. That's a long time. I would not want to be the dad who's got to pay that bill. A seven-day celebration. And it wasn't just your friends or maybe some of your immediate family that were there. The entire town came to celebrate this couple. So it was the major event of the day in that town, and everybody was there. And of course, there were so many expectations to be fulfilled. You had to provide great entertainment. There had to be a perfect amount of food and drink and everything had to be just right. A lot of pressure, a lot of anticipation around a wedding day. But what's amazing in the story is that a wedding in first century wasn't just an event. It was the most significant event in the life of that family that was hosting the wedding. It was the most important day in their whole life because 
their honor, their dignity was based on how well the wedding was hosted. Their honor for generations to come was dependent on this specific day. So here's the wedding day. Jesus is there. Mary is there. It's just a few miles north of Nazareth, so everyone knows him. A lot of expectation around this particular day. But in this wedding, at this wedding, there is a crisis that's brewing. Something has gone terribly wrong. And so the second part of the story is the wine crisis. The wine crisis. Notice John 2 verse 3. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine. They're out. They're totally out. They don't have any wine. In ancient times, the fruit of the vine was a symbol of God's blessing, his provision of his favor. So therefore, the fruit of the vine or wine would be the most central piece in any celebration and especially at a wedding. This was a big deal. So can you imagine right here on this day with a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure, this family is going through a major crisis. The thing that they need so desperately has ran out. Their nightmare has come true. They have run out of wine. I want to illustrate this moment because this is more than just a, a food and drink issue. This is, deals with honor and shame. This would taint the reputation of this family for generations to come. And for a moment, I want to step out of this story and enter into your story. Have you ever ran out of the very thing you desperately needed? I think you have. I have as well. And especially during this pandemic season, especially in the earlier weeks, we were all afraid of running out of food or water or the things we need. And God forbid we ran out of toilet paper and it would take six months or so to get a refill on our toilet paper. We hate the idea of running out. Maybe if you're like me, I worry about running out of ideas or sermon topics, creativity, opportunities. I worry about running out of time or money or resources or opportunities to make a difference. You and I are familiar with the crisis of running out of something that we really need. And today on Mother's Day, I think about the countless pressures that are placed on moms today, the expectation, the pressure they are under every day, who they're to be, how they're to raise their family. And today in the world of social media where we are so prone to compare, it doesn't make it any easier. And uh, having an amazing wife who's an incredible mom, I've learned that mom guilt is a real thing. And when you see the lives of other people and how others are raising their kids, no matter how much you've done, no matter what you've given and what you've sacrificed, it just never feels like it's enough. We are very familiar with what it means to run out. But here's where the story takes a turn. There is a crisis going on. The wine has run out. But the good news is that Jesus is at this wedding. He's at this wedding. He is in the story with us. And if Jesus is there in your story, in this story, it really doesn't matter what ran out. Why? Because Jesus will replenish. He can't replenish whatever you need because who he is and what he has will never run out. Jesus can replenish whatever runs out because he, he never runs out. 
I run out, you run out, we run out, but the Christ that we serve, he never ever runs out. So here in John 2, guess what? The wine ran out, but Jesus was there. Why? Why is it significant? Remember what Jesus said in John 15 verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay in me, if I abide in you, if you stay close together, you will always produce much fruit. Think about this. The wine ran out, but the vine was there. This is the hope of the story. The wine ran out, but the vine was there. Today, you might be looking at your story, your circumstances, your condition, and you're looking at all of the things that are missing. Everything that's ran out, the strength that's gone, the idea, the drive, the motivation that has gone out. But I want to tell you today, if Jesus is in the story with you, the wine may be out, but the vine is there. The supply may be out, but the source is there. The product may have failed you, but Jesus, the giver of what is good and perfect, who never runs out, is there in the midst of your story. So Jesus, in this wedding, performs a miracle and he tells the servants to fill up six jars of stone to the brim, totaling about 120 to 180 gallons of water. And some moment between the water being drawn and it being served, that which was nothing but water became nothing with the best wine that they had ever tasted. Today, I don't want you just to hear from me, but... I want you to hear from the experts, four amazing moms here in our church. And I want you to hear their story. I think it will bless you. And the first story that I want to share with you is that of Crystal Colthorpe and how she found strength in God when her, when her strength ran out. So would you take a look at Crystal's story? Hi, uh, my name is Crystal Colthorpe and I am married to Jeff. We have three uh, beautiful children and um, that was not always our plan. So our plan when we got married was we were going to have four children. After our first child was born, our second son was born uh, quite a bit different. His name is Joshua. And there's a story about how Joshua got his name, about how um, I memorized Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Joshua, just be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When he was very sick for the first six weeks of his life about how I would rock him and we would both cry, the Lord would just speak those words also to my heart and tell me to be strong and courageous and not to be terrified that he would be with me wherever we went. My husband and I sat down in our bedroom finally after all of this craziness had happened and we just had a really honest talk with each other um, about how, wow, we're going to be the parents of a child with special needs and we don't know how to do that we don't know how to meet his needs we don't have experience with um, anybody with special needs and what are we going to do what in the world is god doing we opened our couple's devotional bible and it was like the lord was just sitting there with us with his arms around us just tenderly telling us it's okay if you don't have enough strength because I do. And as moms, I think we feel like we have to know it all and we have to um, know what we're doing and be strong enough and be good enough. That's not what the Lord wants for us. He just wants us to go in the strength that we have today. A couple days ago, my husband lost his job 
So Pastor Levin asked us to share a story and it's been so great to be reminded even now to just go in the strength that we have. Um, we actually tore out the page of that Bible, but it's hanging on the living room wall so that we're reminded every day that the Lord was with us then and the Lord will be with us now. Crystal's story, which is amazing, and this story at the wedding in Cana tells us today that what you have is all you need. What you have is all you need. Why? Because God always supplies you with more than you could ever imagine. I want that to resonate in your spirit. What you have is all you need because every single time God will supply exactly what you need and beyond that for you. So as Crystal said, you can go in the strength you have. That's all you need because God is stepping into that moment, into your story with you. And I think about this story at the wedding of Cana, and it just dawned on me this week as I was studying this text, the audience, the guests at the wedding of Cana would have never experienced or tasted the best wine that only Jesus could have produced had their own supply of wine never ran out. They would have never experienced the wine that Jesus miraculously produced, bringing it from heaven itself, had their own strength, had their own supply, had their own supply and resource never have ran out. So let me tell you, church family, you might be running out, but that is a good thing. It gives God a platform to work on your behalf. And I want you to hear me clearly today that the place of your greatest need is actually your greatest opportunity for a miracle. The place that you lack the most, that you're in the greatest need of, that certain place, that point of your need may actually be your greatest opportunity to see a miracle. We all want to see a miracle, but nobody wants to be in a place where it has to be a miracle or it has to take a miracle. But can I tell you today that if you want to live out the miracle story of God, you got to go through the desperation of a need that requires a miracle. So your place of your greatest need, it could actually be the place where God does his greatest work. So go in the strength you have, go with the needs you have and watch God do something incredible. So between the crisis of the wine running out and this incredible miracle that we're still talking about today, what you find between those two events is a mom's plea, is a mom's desperate petition. So let's look at that, a mother's plea. What is it that was a key moment that took the crisis to the miracle that we're seeing? It was a mother's Plea. Now I want you to know today that Jesus is the undeniable hero in John 2. He is the hero of every story of the scripture. This is about him, his glory, his power. Nobody could have done what he did. He is a son of God who is enough to perform every single miracle. Notice what John says in John 2, 11. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee. And in doing so, he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. He put on display his glory and his disciples believed in him. So while this story is about Jesus, you can't but acknowledge Mary's role in this story. 
So what is it about Mary's plea, her role? What is it about our prayers, our petition that moves the heart of God to respond? First of all, Jesus responds to our plea of compassion. What is it that moves the heart of God? God responds to our plea of compassion. Look at John 2, verse 3 to 4. It says it like this. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine. Verse 4. Jesus says it like this, what does that have to do with you and with me, woman? Jesus asked, my hour has not yet come. Here in this text, Jesus seems a bit hesitant to responding to Mary's plea. Perhaps he knew something that Mary didn't know. That this public miracle, the first of his public signs, would set in motion the three and a half years of his public ministry and his his polarizing popularity that would lead him eventually to the cross. All across the Old Testament, there are imageries of wedding banquets and and sweet, plentiful wine that would inaugurate the age of the Messiah, the coming of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus knew in this moment, if he did this miracle, it would set in motion something that could not be retracted. So he paused for a moment to discern whether or not this was the right hour for his first public miracle. I think Jesus' response to Mary is quite legitimate. He says, mom or woman, what does this have to do with you and me? In the Greek is, what to you and what to me is this? In a sense, he's saying, this isn't our party. Like, we didn't host the event. We're not the hosts. We're the guests. This isn't our burden to bear. And he's kind of right. This isn't their issue. But what happened is that Mary's heart of compassion took on someone else's problem as her own. What was to them was now to her. Their issues, their brokenness, their shame, she felt it. And while everybody else was looking at who to blame or what human resources they could tap into, she went to the only person that could actually do something about it. Her compassion compelled, nudged Jesus to respond in an amazing way. And this compassion of Mary is mirrored when Jesus in Matthew 14 looks at the multitudes and he sees them as a people without a shepherd. They're hungry, they're destitute. And seeing their hunger, their loneliness, Jesus feeds the 5,000 because he was moved, deeply moved with compassion. Moms, the compassion we see in Jesus and Mary and others in the scriptures is exactly what we experience in you. No one is compassionate, empathetic like you are. You take on worries and burdens that are not your own. You sacrifice for those that have not sacrificed for you. You care. You are moved by the realities of your children, of your spouse, of your world. And I hope today that all of us learn from the compassion that you have so well taught us. And Pastor Mark last week did an amazing job teaching us that true compassion, authentic Christianity, isn't just empathy or sympathy. It's taking action. It's stepping into someone else's story and meeting their needs. Today, I want to show you another story of Justine Nevins, whose life changed, compelled her, motivated her so much to now dedicate her whole life for the cause of compassion and to speak into and speak up for those women who are direly in need. Let's take a look at Justine's story.
Hi, my name is Justine Nevins. I have my husband, Lucas Nevins, uh, and three boys. Ages range, and having a heart of compassion and where that takes us as mothers. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of things. We're trying to keep the entire family together. We're also doing things that are outside the home. Uh, working with people that uh, have difficult lives, um, and also, and also working uh, just with other women that have such a difficult time figuring out where they want to go in life. I, I was struggling with making everything work. An amazing thing had happened. I uh, went through Celebrate Recovery and it showed me such amazing love. I mean, Jesus, how his love was modeled for us and I was, I was amazed at that. Um, there were so many things in my life. I was angry. I had control issues. Um, I had to release those things because my family was being affected by them. My life started changing. Uh, my children's lives started changing. My relationship with my husband started changing. And it's, it's just a wonderful place. So now I help women. I help them change their heart just by simple talks, just kind of probing questions. She is Infinite is an organization that I had birthed. I am trying to do and the vision of this organization is to help women um, that come out of jail and kind of figure out what their lives can be um, through skills, assessments, um, aptitude tests, personality tests, and emotional intelligence. Um, so I'm really creating the natural, the natural vibe um, and making them understand that they don't have to live in the hurt for the rest of their lives. Today, my encouragement to you, Justice Justine found a way to channel her compassion. Find someone in need. Find someone whose story is hurting, who feels marginalized, pushed to the side, not seen or even visible. Step into their story and may your compassion move the heart of God to respond in favor towards them. Mary's heart of compassion moved Jesus. And second of all, it was her unwavering, her unconditional trust that moved Jesus. Jesus responds to yours, mine, to our unconditional trust. Even when it seemed that Jesus was not going to perform this miracle, notice Mary's reply in verse 5 of John 2. She said to the servants, do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servants. Whatever it is, just do it. I don't know how he's going to do this. I'm not even sure what he's going to do, but I trust him. I know his nature. I know his character. He's a miracle worker. I'm not going to put the parameters on what he needs to do. I just know that he'll come through. Mary learned from the moment she was conceived with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. God's ways do not make sense to her. His timing may be unreasonable according to our timeline. His logic may not make sense to us, but he is trustworthy. He can be trusted upon, counted upon. 
Mary's response here teaches us to keep praying for the things that are on our heart and in his will, no matter how long it takes, no matter even if you don't see the results, keep pushing, keep praying, keep persevering in prayer. God is a good God and his nature can be trusted. I want to share with you next the story of Delaine Johnson, an amazing woman of God, a member of our church, whose prayers took 20 years to be answered, 20 years, but she persisted in prayer. Let's take a look at Delaine's story. My name is Delaine Johnson, and my husband and I are members of Sugar Creek Baptist Church. And I know that some of you out there today are not having a happy Mother's Day because your hearts are sad. My heart has been sad many Mother's Days as I have asked God in prayer and cried out to God for our children, but I felt my prayers were not answered. We had been praying for Kimberly for 20 years. Kimberly had been diagnosed with a mental illness at a very young age, and life for her and life for us was very, very difficult. We prayed, friends prayed, family members prayed, but it didn't get any better. Her mental illness just got worse. And then in her adolescent years, she decided to pursue a gay lifestyle. It was at that time I changed my prayer from Lord, help me to accept her and love her just where she's at right now even though my heart was so sad, and even though I would never accept the lifestyle she was living, God did a miraculous thing two years ago when Kimberly accepted Christ as her Savior. She had this total, complete change. She loves the Lord. She loves to tell everybody about the Lord. She's pursuing a degree in Christian therapy. So I just want to encourage you moms right now who are struggling, who are just desperate in your tears, in your anger, in the silence. God's there. He's there. He's listening to you. And in His timing, prayers do get answered. And even in this time right now where there's so many answered prayers, give your children to the Lord and trust Christ in prayer. I love the verse, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So moms, the fervent effective prayer of a righteous mother availeth much as we trust Christ in prayer. There is no one more powerful than a praying mom. And maybe there are some of you moms out there watching who have called it quits on the things you've been praying for. Maybe the salvation of your children, the repentance of a spouse just for the world that you're living through. But I want to encourage you today, keep praying. If it's on your heart and in God's will, it will come true. 
There are moments we go through loss and pain and we find it's so difficult to keep believing and finding purpose in our pain. But I want to tell you two things today that if you're in the midst of loss and pain, first of all, God is always present. He is near to you. He's there right in your story. And second of all, God always has a purpose. He always has an amazing purpose. You may not see it, but he has a purpose. I want to just read to you as we come to the close of our time together, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says it like this. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen and support you after you have suffered a little while. After you have gone through some pain, he'll restore, he'll establish, he'll strengthen you. Notice what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Peter says it like this. You rejoice in this, in your pain, in your trials, in your pain. Even though you have suffered a little while, for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which through though perishable, is refined by the fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is purpose in your pain. God is near in your pain. I want to share with you one last story of Jennifer. And in the times of her pain, in the times of great loss, how she held on to the promises of God, how she held on to the mighty hand of of God. So let's watch this one last story of Jennifer. Hi, uh, I'm Jennifer. Um, I have two beautiful daughters, um, Anna, who is who's going to be 13 this year, and Rachel, who's 10. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 15 years old, uh, and God led me to a very wonderful, godly marriage. Uh, I married. Uh, my late husband, in 2002, we met at church. Um, he, was, he was super tall and with my five foot height, I learned to look heavenward, I guess. Um, um, life was perfect, as one would call it. We were living the dream. Uh, till one night in 2010 of November, um, when I lost him to uh, uh, in a fire accident. So we were sleeping as a family. I just had my little daughter, um, Rachel, and we went to sleep and then the next morning life was different. So he succumbed in the fire and he passed away. I was taken to another hospital um, and I survived it. Uh, they actually gave me a 50-50 chance on the ventilator. They said I wouldn't make it either. My kids were going to be adopted because they didn't think I'd survive. The, the main thing that carried me through was God's word and his promises. God gave me promise after promise about his hand. Um, and then he gave me this promise from Isaiah where he said, I'm the Lord that takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. That's how I've spent the last 10 years of my life, knowing that, yes, I was never forgotten by God. I was never um, 
this was still all part of his plan. This is still in his sovereign will for us to walk the path we did. So maybe this Mother's Day is difficult for many of you, but maybe this is, this is uh, one of those times which actually doesn't bring joy, but is hurtful because of a loss, because of something you've gone through with your marriage, with maybe the inability to have children. Um, I want to encourage you as a fellow sister um, and having walked this road for 10 years, that God is a God that is personal and knows your pain. And he will hold your hand like he did mine. He will give you promises to give you strength to face each day. And he will sustain you. Not only that, he would provide more than you ask, think or imagine. And I pray for strength for you as you walk through whatever your struggles are that you're walking through. Today, we have looked at the story of the wedding at Cana and the story of four amazing moms that I hope encouraged you. But at the end of the day, it's your story that you're living out and that which is so personal to you. So before we go our separate ways, here's what I hope you're walking away with. Jesus has what you need and he will always supply because he is the better source. The wine may be out, but the vine is there with you. And whatever you're in the middle of, look to him. Let him replenish. Let him do an amazing work in your heart. Maybe you're preparing to be a mom or you're struggling to be a mom with all that's happening. May he refuel you today and strengthen you this morning. Second of all, with compassion brewing in our heart, with unwavering trust and faith in who he is as we come to him and we persist in prayer, holding on to the promises of God, he will always respond with favor. Today, you may be watching and you're far from God and everything you hoped would give you joy in life has ran out. Today, my friend, can I point you to the one who can truly satisfy your soul? Let me tell you, my friend, your life in the hand of Jesus is far better than your life in your own hand. So do it today. Surrender your heart, your mind, your life to the one who can Take your life and create something incredible and beautiful, meaningful out of it. Let's pray together today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come to you this morning all across our region joined by your spirit. For whatever we have ran out of today, Father, will you do a miracle for moms, for families, for brothers and sisters who are watching today, who are leaning in together, who are in desperate need. Father, may you show up in an amazing way because that's who you are. You are a healer. You are a strength giver. You are a hope giver. And today we are in need of you. And when our supply has ran out, here we are available for what only you can do. Be our strength when ours is ran out. Be our wisdom, our insight, our drive when we don't have it in our own self anymore. And for those who are far from you today, may they yield their life to the miracle workers who would take the broken, the empty places of their life and do something incredible that only you can do. So here we are, Lord, at your feet. Do something amazing this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We invite you to take your next step, whatever that might be. Maybe you just need some prayer today. You're going through a crisis. You need some prayer. Maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus. Go right now to www.sugarcreek.net slash or forward slash next step. Sugarcreek.net slash next step. There'll be a minister ready to speak to you, to pray with you. Church, we have an amazing mission that God has called us to, and that is to love and lead all people to life change in Christ. God bless you. Have a great Mother's Day.